0: this is the most difficult Disney character ever with all these legs and tentacles and and suction cups to keep track of and um, and you're hired (laughs) so you drew Ursula Ursula Ursula, yes
1: Welcome to It's Not Human Sexuality, the show that goes beyond sexuality to reproductive health. Understanding the foundations of reproductive health allows you, and the ones you love, to make better decisions about your health, mind, and relationships. This podcast is co-hosted by Dr. Betsy Cairo, or Dr. B, and Mandy Johnson. Dr. B has her doctorate in human reproduction and is a board-certified reproductive biologist. She is also a certified sexuality educator with supervisory standing and over 20 years experience teaching at the graduate and undergraduate level. She is the owner of the only commercial cryobank in Colorado and is the executive director of the nonprofit Look Both Ways. Her nonprofit specializes in reproductive health education. Mandy Johnson is a high school family and consumer science teacher with more than 15 years experience and a master's degree in education. She is also a certified sexuality educator and is treasurer on the board of Look Both Ways. The two have been friends for many years and are passionate about changing the way we educate our youth about their reproductive health.
2: Welcome to the latest episode of It's
3: Not Human Sexuality. I'm Mandy Johnson. And I'm Dr. Bessie Cairo, or Dr. B. And with us today is Dave Woodman.
0: It's a big wide world full of people who will love you just the way you are.
3: So a little background before we begin. Dave and I went to high school together in a small town in Southern Colorado called Alamosa. We were in the same grade, but y'all, you need to hear what he has done since then. He has done a lot. Here's a brief bio. Dave is a Disney animator who received an Academy Award nomination and won a Golden Globe Award for his contribution to Beauty and the Beast. His work with Disney includes The Little Mermaid, Mickey Mouse's The Prince and the Popper, Aladdin, 101 Dalmatians TV series, The Tigger Movie, and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids titles. His non-Disney projects from his 20-year animation career include He-Man, She-Ra, Paula Abdul's Opposites Attract music video, Chevy Chase's Christmas Vacation titles, and Steven Spielberg's An American Tale. But wait, there's more! <laughs> he has over 35 years of illustration experience with such publications as The New Yorker, People, The Chicago Tribune, The Hartford Current, Modern Bride, and Tennis Magazine. At the age of 17, his longtime idol, Lucille Ball, purchased some of his early caricature Portraits of herself for her personal collection. He designed Phyllis Diller's caricature logo as well as the Laugh Factory logo. He is a member of the Academy of Television and the Society of Illustrators, and I am guessing a lot of you listening to this have seen some of his work.
2: I just got to tell you, most of those are my favorites. What you. Oh! All, all the things listed. When I read that, when Betsy wrote this up and I read it, I was like, oh, my God. Even American Tale. I even, know. I mean, I loved He-Man. I loved She-Ra. I loved that Paula <laughs> Abdul. Like, all of your stuff I have loved since I was very young. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Just and very cool. Welcome so to the glad. podcast.
3: <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool to have you here. Yeah. You know, we grew up in a small town. And uh, I always used to tell people that... I think half the town was Mormon and half the town was Catholic. I I actually think that was kind of it. I I'm, I'm not Very sure. Much.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. And so there was a few other churches scattered, but you're about right.
3: Uh, you grew up in a pretty strict or solidly committed uh, Mormon family.
0: Very and, much.
3: Right, and you even did a you did a mission. I did. Yeah, and but you're also gay.
0: Yes, I am. Always have been. One of the reasons I. One of the main reasons I did my mission is I had the idea in my head that if I was a missionary, I wouldn't be gay anymore. And I I had even one of the church leaders tell me, promise me that. And, um, of course that was malarkey. Unfortunately, like a lot of what they say. You knew your whole
3: life that you were gay. Right. And then I did. Even when you knew me,
0: I was terrified.
3: Did your family know?
0: I told my, I told my parents when I was a missionary. And it slipped their mind later. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was so hard to tell you. Uh, when I was a missionary, I was on the phone. I remember it was a really bad connection, and I told them, and I guess they just didn't get it because I. It was the biggest deal for me to come out to them, because in the in the Mormon Church at that point, it said if you have problems, you need to tell your family first. So I thought, you know, I'll just, I should. I was doing everything by the book, everything they tell me. You know, everything I could do because I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to do, wanted to do everything I could to uh be a good person is what my belief was back then. And so I did tell my parents. Um years later when I came back from Hollywood, I mentioned it to my mom and she said, "Oh no, you never told us. You you went out to Hollywood and got brainwashed." I'm like Mormons are telling me I got brain. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, so I did tell them.
3: But this kind of leads me to another point. Um, people always talk about coming out, right? And, they, and for some people, they think it's a one-day event. You know, today's my coming out day. But... You know as you know it's a lifelong process we come out to our parents we yes. come out to our hairdresser we come out to our you know friends we come out to whatever you know but it's 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 an, a constant thing and it shouldn't have to be but unfortunately it still is and i think when you were on your mission were you ostracized by other people did other people know were you treated differently
0: um you, yeah, i'm the kind of guy where it doesn't show I would think and unless I let people know I'm not especially feminine which not, doesn't especially mean you're gay but I uh you know plus also growing up in Alamosa I learned to hide it pretty well cuz they remember the worst thing you could call anybody in school was a fag that was just the way it was um so I I knew don't be like that or you get you get your butt kicked so I just um would not even flop my wrists or anything. Just behave, fit in, that type of thing.
3: That must have felt suffocating.
0: Yes. I mean, even, in, even until just recently when I decided, okay, um, I love my family so much, but they're just going to have to get used to it. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah, there's no other way. There is no right. other way. I mean, I have to be on my way. I, I, I can't, I can't even be around that anymore. That, um, I, 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 in a situation where gay is not welcome, I can notice it. So, um, that's basically Alamosa. And I feel it when I drive in there to see my parents. I feel it when I go in the area. It hasn't changed that much as as the rest of the world has.
3: I think what is interesting for me and maybe our listeners is that you are you're very creative, you're extremely talented, you do amazing work. And yet, thank you. you weren't able to express yourself completely as a, as a as a kiddo or as a as a young adult. So was drawing was was art your escape?
0: I do think so. Plus Plus, I had something to prove when I went to Hollywood. I mean, kind of kind of those two, is the escape and something to prove. But I did know since I was five that I wanted to work for Disney. My mother used to say, you're gonna work for Disney when you grow up, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna work for Disney. So I, yeah, um, after I saw Mary Poppins, that was it. As far as, I, I used to just so admire you kids going on dates and stuff. I mean, I could not even relate to that there's a certain amount of joy that w- must come to you uh, or just plain ability to relax. If you can learn how to date and, and be with your, 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 the opposite sex for you, which um, gay guys in my generation that I can see didn't, weren't, weren't allowed to do that so much. It was more like move clear away from home and then meet guys. When you're, when you're 21, that's kind of old to start, but that's how it was.
2: So you didn't get a practice in high school the way some of us did. Yeah, I,
0: I do think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were growing up, when you had like your little boyfriends here and there and, and it was okay, wasn't that good practice? Oh, yeah, of
3: course, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and you and you bring up a really, really important yeah, that's point. A, it's a really, and important and it's something point. that we talk about, and and it's something I even I I lectured on in, in class, and I think Mandy does as well in her classroom. Is that it, this is part of? Um, uh, it's a part of a, a rite of passage. Like when we talk about being straight or heterosexual, there's no there's no process. It's just that you just You just are it just is and and you you just just you just live but for people who don't identify in that you know realm there's this there's a process and you know sort of like am i gay i think i'm gay i know i'm gay uh do i tell anybody i've told people so i'm gay now what so what Right, and then and then you find your tribe, right? And but it's hard to do, especially especially growing up in a really small town. And so I think that that's what you're talking about is solid,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and uh, and that's important for our listeners to hear and understand.
0: Well, good because I'm he- I'm talking to you now because I'm thinking of all the listeners out there that might need to know things I tell them.
1: Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Really.
0: Can be, I mean, you can jump off a building if you're gay because it's just really hard. It's, it, it can be very, very difficult. Suicides are very common. Um, anxiety, just a lot of problems. And I, I, want to, I came on your show because I want to help. I'm all about it.
3: I want to kind of go back to um, your, your talent and when it started to evolve. I know you had told me and, and others I've seen you post, that part of you used to draw caricatures in church, is that correct?
0: I, I would draw all kinds of things. If you if you went on my Instagram today, um, in my Instagram story, there's a there's a drawing of Lucille Ball that I absolutely did on my church program and then later on I cleaned it up and made it beautiful.
3: You you kind of hid that from people though. I, I remember in high school you were not What's the word I want? Boastful. You were never boastful about your ability.
0: Well, thank you. I, um, it's, it used to work to be that way. Lately, it seems like <laughs> the loudest people, it doesn't matter what their work looks like, they, just all these other tricks to get attention and to, to promote sales. Um, when I started out as an artist, a professional artist, um, after we graduated, I used to be able to count on my work to sell itself, which is wonderful. When I go to these comic cons, it's so difficult if I go alone and I'm at the table cause I have to say, Hey, it's me. Isn't this great? Do you want me to sign that? Do you want to buy this? Uh, no, that, that just can never work. Um, it always works best if I have somebody else to say it for me. Um, it's repulsive to me to have to to. Uh, hey, check this out! Isn't this great? Look what I did today. That's something you can tell your mother, but when you tell other people, um, it can be quite obnoxious. And it it looks to me like in the world now, you kind of have to do that to be an artist or anything. You have to push yourself. It didn't used to be that way that I remember. I used to I used to be able to count on my work to sell itself. I'd send my work out, and they'd look at it and they said, "Yes, this is what we want. You're hired." you
3: know, we talked about, I, for some reason, I keep going back to your dad's talent. Did he have artistic talent in drawing or?
0: My dad was a draftsman, like, um, on the board or designing houses and that's kind of very angular. Um, my mother tried to paint. I wouldn't say either of my parents were artists. I wouldn't really say either they were artists, but, um, I wish I could be like my parents. They are both so strong, and um, you know their lives just were very good for for what they for who they are. They, it, it was when I look at myself, I think of me as kind of uh, way different, and I always you know something to prove or whatever. But when I look at my parents, I'm like, wow, that is the life. So I do I do envy them for being just who they are.
3: And they're in their nineties.
0: Yes. How lucky am I to have two parents in my in their 90s. Super you're very lucky.
3: lucky. So, does the rest of the family know that you're gay?
0: Yeah. I mean, even even subtly um I mean and it is only because I push it. Cuz most of the time most of the time I'm better off to just shut up <laughs> with my family. With my family I just shut up, okay? Because it's like they're all they're all Mormons. They're all going to believe that. And um, I just need to, 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 for people out there who are raised, who are gay and raised in the Mormon Church, I have to recommend that you just stay away from it. You are not going to convince these people that you're all right. You're not going to convince them that their church is uh, bigoted, which... So what kind of organization has to have people to vilify? what's that about? If you're going to tell me that's God, um, no, I'm sorry.
3: Right. And I think, you know, for young people, and as you talked earlier, suicide happened. And in in youth, even in our um, county up here in Lerma County, suicide ranks uh, second or third as the leading cause of death for people aged 15 to 24. And there are a lot of reasons, you know. um, But and, and bullying comes into that, but also people are bullied because they're different. And while, and it is year 2021 and things are getting a little bit better and kids are, are being heard and they're they're more fluid with their sexuality and maybe a little bit more open about it. I think it still carries stigma at home in certain homes and and it's very difficult for them. And what, what kind of encouragement besides, you know, telling young people that are in an organized religion to just stick to yourself understand yourself be true to yourself how do they do that i mean here you are you know we're older <laughs> and yet you you're kind of quiet when you go home right you still don't you don't press oh i can't
0: no i don't want to make right, waves
3: right see and yet you're an adult and a very successful one and so you so imagine being 15 again
0: uh, so what do I tell them I said t- I just I'm sorry I have to tell you stay away from them it's a big wide world full of people who will love you just the way you are when you're around the Mormons they're taught that you're wrong that there's something wrong with you you they are taught um, every time I go home I get the lecture that if, if I would just be Mormon everything would be great Um. I'm glad it works for my parents. It worked very well for them. Just, and it's, it's, it's sad to stay away from them, but you know, I had a, a Mormon friend who had a boyfriend, and he, ha, he, he, uh, he gave his family an ultimatum. He said, look, you accept me or I'm gone, which is great. That is great. If you can do that, you accept me or I'm gone. That is the way to be, because notice change only comes about when it's forced if i said to my parents or uh, which i i mean this is a hard thing but i would if i said look look i um either you accept me for being gay or you you just don't need to see me again that's that's a big deal if they if they can just wrap around it um but i really want to back i want to go back to what you said about suicide because it's a big deal and and big deal for me especially I used to feel like that all the time. I'm so glad I never, you know, good things happen in my life and I think, wow, I'm sure glad I didn't kill myself last week. Um, I used to feel that way all the time. When I was in Alamosa, all the time, how am I gonna pull my own plug? You know, How am I gonna do this? Which is a job, that's a big job, that's a hard job. And I couldn't really figure out a way to do it that, that I could be successful. And I'm glad I figured out, wait a minute, i'm wasting my time thinking about suicide i need to whenever i even go near that at all i go somewhere else because no one ever fell off a cliff who never went near one and i finally realized anytime i'm thinking about suicide i'm not going to do it i'm wasting my time i'm not it's hard i don't want to go there i don't want to why give everybody else their way by killing myself i mean that's just not right there are a lot of people who want me to be just exactly where i who i am So I really wanted to stress that. I wanted to back up and stress with suicide. Just don't come on. Um, you're valuable to somebody. If, if you're not valuable where you are, it's suppression around you. It's, um, if people can't accept you, I'm sorry, go to a big city in a big city. Everybody has friends. I mean, I know it's very scary to go to a big city. It's frightening being raised Mormon on a farm and then going to work for Disney in LA. That's, that's huge, and if I if I had known some of the things that were waiting for me, I don't know if I could have gone. It was a lot of lot of stuff happened, but um, to be away from basically the Mormon Church is going to help tremendously.
3: I, I hear that. What I am so impressed by, and I'm sure Mandy is maybe having the same thought as I am, is that you had a tremendous amount of resilience growing in high school like i never suspected this did you have anybody in high school that you confided in
0: i was real quiet about it and i didn't tell anybody no maybe callie orton maybe i think callie orton knew yeah callie orton was i feel i could relate to her um but basically when i I went away to a mormon summer school at byu because I, I thought, you know, that'll be a good way to get over it. And the camp counselor there was into my pants fast. I'm like, oh, and you know, there's all these lawsuits coming up lately about stuff, and I thought, no, I don't want to pursue that. It's too negative. I looked into I, he's still alive, I looked into it. Um, it really messed with me for many years, now now I'm over it, What big deal. Um, I how old were
3: you when that happened?
0: Underage. I was. I think I was 15. On Facebook for a while, it was a big thing. It would come up in your feed all the time, Mormon molestation or whatever. They they did do. I think a uh, blanket lawsuit for a lot of people lately. And I thought about it. And I have a friend who's a lawyer who talked to me about it and he encouraged me. And I and I, I just realized I can't do this. I have to concentrate on other things. I have to concentrate. I have to make the world a better place, and I don't know if uh, suing somebody is going to do that legal stuff. Um, see, look, here I am with you. I'm telling what happened. Hopefully that's good enough.
3: For, that's a catharsis in itself. And I think uh, for some people, the legal avenue maybe gives some closure. What would you like to do next? I know that you are, that you're, you're going to be playing Triton, right?
0: Yes, Triton is... It all came about when I had a friend over in England who contacted me and, and uh, he's a film student. He wanted to make a film, his favorite movie being The Little Mermaid, and he loves low-budget films. I'm like, you know, low-budget movies, I can do that. I can do that. I'll have to get my body in really great shape to do this. So I, I won't be doing it at all until I'm in perfect shape, and, and that'll have to come later. But um, yes, it's, it's, under, it's underway. It's in the works. I also you know I want to do my book. I want to do a book to help gay people. I know I could do the best book as um an inspiration for the gay guys out there
3: well why don't you what What's stopping you from doing that?
0: Well, you know, I always have to make sure that I have income walt disney gives gives uh the artists nothing. They take in billions every year off of the work we did and um the artists get nothing, which I think is very strange. But like zero?
3: Nothing. You get zero royalties, zero, you get nothing?
0: Zero. If we want to go to Disneyland, we pay full price. In fact, if the original Mouseketeers want to go to Disneyland, they pay, they're pay. they paying full price.
3: Do you think Walt would have wanted it that way?
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think yeah? he started it that way. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it, it got much worse. Um, Am I happy? I worked on... Mickey Mouse in The Prince and the Pauper. Yes, I think that's great. I got to work on, I was in the Goofy unit. How wonderful is that? I got paid to do drawings of Mickey Mouse in an actual animated movie. How wonderful. I got to work on Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid. How wonderful. I have instant friends wherever I go. Uh, I draw Mickey Mouse for people wherever I am. It's fun. They love it. They take it home to their kids. I didn't even really get concerned about the money until about the last five years when when things were very strapped for me. And I thought, you know, wait a minute. Is that quite right that we get nothing? Is that quite right? Um, I do go out and get my own money from from more jobs as much as I can. So um, you tell me. I mean, I guess you're shocked that I told you that, that we get nothing. And a lot of people probably think we should get. Well, they do make billions every year on work I helped create,
3: yeah, billions. Yeah, I, I, I. Every thought. year
0: on work I helped create, it's it's very obvious in hindsight that they wanted us to be busy, 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 doing the best work possible, so we wouldn't have any time to think about anything besides um, getting our work done, and hopefully they would keep us. You know. So Dave, I
3: kind of I want to interject here because I'm because with the younger generation, I'm not sure they really understand. The type of drawing that you did—you did animation drawing. Wasn't computer generated. It It wasn't computer generated. No, it was hand drawn. So every—I don't think people understand that every movement that these characters make in this film is is drawn.
0: Twenty-four drawings equal one second.
3: Oh, that's so fascinating. I mean, so and we
0: loved it. We never wanted it to end. I mean, it wasn't like labor intensive cruelty it was labor intensive joy we loved at, it
3: how long from start to finish in months not hours but just in months did it take to make the little mermaid
0: that would be when i came in on it it was a year a year for little mermaid a, little, a year for the prince and the pauper a year for beauty and the beast and a year for aladdin they had it set up very well at that point to where um they were not they were they were pitching out a movie to the theater every year. Um, so,
3: were you assigned a certain character to draw?
0: Yes. They brought me in, and um, Vera was in charge there. She was in charge of all the all the final line drawings. I did the line drawings that you see on the screen. That was my job. That's what I loved. I mean, so I kept track of the volumes and uh, made it look like the character to you, so you could tell immediately what it was when you looked at it. Um, Vera had worked on an american tale and i picked up scenes for her so when i went in to work for disney she wanted me in her unit i wanted to work on that stupid seagull because i love buddy hackett so much because my favorite movie is it's a mad 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 world okay so i thought oh i want to work on that but she said no 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 i want you to work in my unit so they took me in this um um this conference room and and handed handed us a sheet of paper um, with her tentacles on it, and said, "Look, um, this is the most Disney, difficult Disney character ever. With all these legs and tentacles, and uh, uh, you know, all these tentacles are legs, and suction cups to keep track of, and um, and you're hired." <laughs> and I, it was I. Um, so I you, remember, drew, you Ursula. drew Ursula. Ursula, yes, I drew I love Ursula. Ursula. And you know what? She's I'm one just, of
2: my favorite witches.
0: <laughs> I'm so lucky to draw her. Oh gosh. Um... And Alex Tupetti, whenever I would pick up scenes from him, he'd say, you know, you turn in your scenes faster than anybody, and they're always right. And of course I remember that. So if I had to go out on a limb, I'd say, look, I did more final drawings of of Ursula than anybody, but who knows? I would say, I mean, I did my share. Let's just say I did my share. I don't need to push anybody else out and say, no, it's me. No, I, I did my share. We, so many of us just loved being there. It was so exciting, working on Little Mermaid, and, and we'd go to, the, go to the screenings, and they'd show us what they had so far, and the spirit was there. So, you know, at this point, Disney had decided, we're gonna get rid of traditional animation. We're gonna get rid of our animation department. Although Our live-action movies are making money. These animated films just aren't doing it. Um, and we had something to prove. They they kicked us off the lot, off of the main lot, onto this. We were in a warehouse, and I'd look up and I'd see like all these pipes, with Reynolds Wrap on them, that type of thing. And it packed as many of us in there as we as they could get in there and say, "Look, okay, you're responsible for every pencil. We have to account for every pencil, every every paper. We want you to get this done." At that time, also, I wasn't really aware that uh, Disneyland was about to be sold off. They didn't. Uh, they were considering it, they were considering it. And also, I happened to work at, at Mattel. After filmation with He-Man and she I went in, I took up a job at, at Mattel, and I, and I was surprised when I went to Mattel that they had just had an earthquake a few, uh, a few weeks or so ago, a, long enough ago. And when I went to Mattel, they still had their windows broken out. And I went in and, and uh, the guy that I worked for there on some kind of a mad scientist thing that I don't think ever came to fruition, told me that oh yeah it's the skeleton crew here and it really really looks like Little Mermaid came out. It saved traditional animation at Disney. I think it saved Disneyland and I think it saved Mattel with the toys they made off of it. I mean that's a very bold statement but in hindsight that's what I see. It was just the magic was there.
3: I would agree. I mean, I think what is so interesting about your story, Dave, is that you bring so much to life for others, right? Like yeah. Mandy's got some, what do you call it, fangirl?
2: I've got fangirl. She's a fan got fangirl
3: grown on here about Ursula, and she's just like, "Oh, there's stars in my eyes. You yeah, can't you, see them." But, <laughs> but she's oh. off, and so. <laughs>
2: well, and- the Little Mermaid was my favorite. That was. My all-time favorite, well, until The Lion King came out, I'm not going to lie. But.
0: It's by far the most popular that I worked on.
2: I love It was just movie. magic
0: that I got to work on that. Oh. I mean, when the, I first went out to Hollywood, magic. I was told, in my first job, they said, the boss hired me, said, I don't know why you'd want to go into animation, it's a dying art, but you're hired. And I worked three years on this um, 3D animated movie called Starspacer that bombed, but I didn't care if it bombed, I was so excited to just be there, I'm like, oh, I'm drawing pictures every day, I'm getting paid. To show up to work and draw pictures and this is going to be in a movie oh ah! and you know that sound that i just made oh ah! i would never do that in high school i just couldn't but that's really me it's like oh my gosh
3: you bring a lot of joy and yet your story is filled with you know the stories of self doubt and um a suppression and thoughts of suicide and you're a success story for that but i want to reiterate and I think this is really important and I don't know if if it hit Mandy the same way, but you said, nobody falls off a cliff if they don't don't go go near near one.
2: Yeah. I love
0: that.
3: And I I would, I really, I want to print that out and, and. Oh, and drugs.
0: Oh, just stay away from drugs. Oh, I'm so glad I never got caught up in that, but I've seen so many people that were just a mess.
3: This Mm -hmm. is really good advice. And don't, don't you think it's a form of a, of escape
0: It must be because it's, it's just a bad problem. I mean, when I find drugs seems to be, especially more and more lately, even the president, (laughs) the last one, but, um, this seems to be the way to go. (laughs) This is, you want to be cool. You want to fit in? (laughs) Ha ha! Aren't drugs neat? No, they're not. When I get, when I get involved with people who, who, um, I have a friend who I know he does drugs and he never gets anything done. What the heck? And I used to have so much faith in him and it's like, wait a minute. Do you realize your youth is gone? You know, I, I, uh, if, I had, if I had had the opportunity, even if it isn't nice, I would have taken him and just <laughs> just shook him and said, look, do you realize when I was your age, I worked on Hema and she Beauty and the Beast, and The Little Mermaid, Mickey Mouse, blah, 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 which isn't nice, but it's like, will you come to the party? You were so talented. Why throw it all away? Really?
3: as we talked about earlier drawing was an escape for you it, it was maybe how yes. some people might say how you self medicated right
0: it was i would go in my room and draw things i could be like okay i could take myself anywhere with anybody just by drawing it so yes it, it was i guess it was i've learned with my life to be very creative in a positive way to last to uh, to keep happy to uh, if I'm accomplishing something, that's way important.
3: So what would have happened? Would have things been different if I had said to you, Dave, let's sit in the commons area at lunch and, draw, and have you draw people. And then I'm gonna make people pay for it. They're gonna oh, have to pay for this
0: caricature. If you, wanna, if you want
3: Dave's attention, you have to pay for it.
0: I don't know, do you think you had that much strength? I yes. mean, even, even my best, oh, maybe you did, yes. My best friend for 35 years, best best friend for 35 years when I went back and lived in Alamosa she just left me alone it's like okay my my career had come to an end in Hollywood um there was no everything had gone to digital and I couldn't get a job anymore so I moved back to Colorado um, I really could have used a friend then and my very best friend was absent. And I later talked to Callie Orton, and and we both know her, and she said, we both agreed, look, she can't afford to be seen with a gay guy around Alamosa. That really rings true. It's like, wait a minute. Because the minute I moved away, the minute I moved back to Palm Springs, she was calling me, she was texting me, she's my best friend again. No, you're not my best friend. You're not welcome back ever. When I needed you most, where were you? I wasn't in Alamosa for six months. I was in Alamosa for five years. I needed you. I thought about killing myself all the time. Where were you? And now that I move away again, you're my best friend? No, you're, you're never welcome back. Please let me find people who haven't treated me that way.
3: And I think the lesson on that is, and what people here and say, but I think it's difficult to do, and yet you did it, which I think also is just a constant theme for you with self resolve, which is so impressive. Is that every you know, I think young people need to understand that they have 100% permission to not have toxic people in their life.
0: How do you just ignore your friend when they come off of? I mean, my whole grown up life was in LA, I lost all my friends. I had to sell my home there. You know, that's where I started paying taxes. It was like everything was in LA. So that's all gone. I go back home, which I didn't want to do, go back into Mormon territory. And how do you not, you know, maybe her husband wouldn't let her be nice to me. Who knows, you know, these things happen. But the thing is, you have to be strong if you're you're gonna be my friend, you have to be strong enough to be my friend because a lot of people love me. And it's a big wide world. I can go anywhere in the world and have instant friends because they are, my work has already arrived. Something something I've worked on, they've already seen and usually they love it. So even, you know, just little things like Christmas Vacation, oh, you worked on that? Yeah. Um, And for some reason of all the Christmas movies ever made, why is it every year Christmas Vacation pops up again? It's like, wait a minute. How lucky am I? That, Chevy Chase is every year. Hallmark releases a Chevy Chase ornament from Christmas Vacation. Like, wow, or um, just little things like the Tigger movie. How wonderful! I'm very lucky. And He-Man and She-Ra. I can either jump off a building, or if I can say, or I can say, wait a minute. Why do I care about the people who don't get me? Yeah, I'm yeah. going somewhere else. You get your find your tribe. Get yourself yeah. another friend, and I hope he's as good as I am well you know
3: it the the um the campaign it gets better
0: it does you know mm-hmm. now i just i i'm very much on my own um if i can get my life together maybe i can meet somebody and, and even be married or stuff i never even think of that anymore my life is a, a string of broken hearts i mean when i was young and gay there was nervous was no marriage that was just free for haul was, i was just always always with the broken heart. I don't even think that way anymore. But, you know, if I had a nice... if, if one of my investments comes through and I have a nice bit of money and security, maybe I could invite somebody into my life. Because I don't want to invite them in the way it is now with, with you know, wondering... with, with a lot of um, insecurity. A lot of insecurity. I don't want to invite anybody into that. When I invite somebody into my life, I want them to be coming into a very secure environment.
3: We all look at instability or stability in different ways.
0: You know, another thing that hopefully I can tell the the youngsters out there that that romance thing. All my life, I've seen it either happens or it doesn't. You don't need to kick yourself. You don't need to think you're a mistake. You don't need to think, when when's it my turn or anything. I don't know if I'll ever get uh, my turn. It either happens or it doesn't. <laughs>
1: I, it I, doesn't
3: have to be the sole focus of your of, of your, life. your life. Exactly, it, it's it definitely yeah. wasn't the sole focus of my life. Um, but the thing is, is that you bring up a really valid point. Is that I, I think society spends so much time on this concept of having a a significant other yeah. or coupling. Makes everybody feel
2: like yes. it has to be the
0: yeah. the, the goal of yeah. their life. It's like mandatory, and believe me, it's not.
3: Is there anything else you'd like to say, because this has been very informative, and nice. I think it's important for people to know that, you know, it, it gets better.
0: Do you remember Rick's College? Do you remember that it became BYU-Idaho? Yep. One of my friends that's lasted from there, um, I hung out with her all the time at Rick's, and she recently wrote to me, and she said she, said she thinks that we'll see the, the demise of the Mormon church while we're in our lifetime, and I'm like, you know, I kind of think so. Um, And of course the Mormons don't want to hear that. But listen, there's too much information available online. Why do we need a church to give 10% of our money, a church that's going to use that money against gay marriage? You realize gay marriage was passed in, in California, and then because of the Mormons and the people who went against it, it was taken away the first time in US history that rights were taken away that I'm aware of I'm quite sure that's true so taking away rights from people with tithing money what's that about why do they feel I need to do that why do they need to put anybody down just it doesn't seem to fit with where the world's going And and um, along the way in this conversation I wanted to point out and I I forgot what, what point it was but it was all about entitlement the the entitlement that the people people who are entitled, they don't want to let go now. They can't stand for some reason to be equal with everybody. And I'm like, wow, really? What's wrong with equal? Um but it is changing. Notice the world's changing. I mean, honestly, the minorities have all become the majority.
3: <laughs> I I, that is, that I found true. I heard this interesting um phrase the other day where we talk about people of color. And I know this is sort of a, a, a digression or kind of a little no, off. No, it's not. I it, like it. But it but it has meaning because they said it's not people of color. It is or or as a minority. What it is is it it is the global majority. Mm-hmm. It and is. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. And and I think if we start, you know, and I obviously for me languages, words matter, yes. right? And if we start referring to others as the global majority because it is things will shift faster
0: it's you know it, it is shifting i see it i don't know if you see it it's shifting and and uh the entitled people can't stand it i'm like you know they'll dig in their their claws and be as ugly as possible now but i just see it going down sorry um what's wrong with everybody being happy why is that wrong why does somebody have to be your maid what's that about Gay people in little towns, like my heart goes out to them. That's why I want to do this. That's why I want to do my book. That's why I want to do my Triton movie. It's like, what can I do that matters, that I can reach people to let them know, hey, look, be happy. You can be happy who you are. You're wonderful who you are. Everybody trying to change you. There's nothing you can do about being gay. As far as I know, I mean, some people change. Okay, yeah, I've heard it here and there, but mostly, no, mostly. And when I was young, I didn't. I, I the first person I ever met, who was okay with being gay, and that's one out of how many thousands was a guy in L.A. When he grew up, his family was very much supportive of him being gay, so he never had that that reject of that part of himself. So, um, just you you can't get rid of it. It was my experience. You know, I couldn't. I shouldn't just say a blanket statement of, for everybody because I'm not everybody, but. Um, I see very very little chance that you're going to change that part of yourself. Um and you have to love all of yourself. You have to. That's Amen. who you are. You have to love all of yourself. You do. Amen.
3: And that's that's a perfect sentiment to to end on. I have enjoyed this thoroughly and I know Yes,
2: this has been very great.
3: Yes. And you're right, Dave, it's it's not something people can change and nor should they try and all of those things. But your story is enlightening and encouraging and certainly interesting to know that your art was really your your ticket out. And I think that that's, that's wonderful. It was. So thank you for being with us during this time. Yes, thank you so thank much you forever. for joining us. I, yeah. just
0: hope, I just hope this does some good. Please, people, listen and and love yourself.
2: So I think my new mantra is going to be, uh, stay away from the cliff and just love yourself. Isn't
3: that great? Yeah.
2: I'm going to make a bumper sticker. Stay away from the cliff and just love yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You, no one ever fell off a cliff that didn't go near one. Yeah. I love that.
2: Really yeah, really good stuff. But yeah, I, I I wanted a fangirl on him a lot more than I did. Really love all those movies, so.
3: Isn't that cool though? It's so cool. Yeah, he's so talented, but I honestly feel, and he, in, he sort of intimated that, that his art was his escape. Oh, for sure. Because- I was thinking that when he
2: was talking about how lucky he was, he didn't get into drugs and stuff. I'm like, well, oh, yeah, you had your own thing. You had your, yeah. your art to escape from the same way other people were smoking pot to, oh yeah, to escape. He was going into his world of animation. And-
3: yeah. And I think what people don't understand is the Alamosa had a population of about 7,000, right? right? So everybody knew everybody who knew everybody. Everybody talked about everybody. Um, maybe that's why I was just so guarded all the time. I don't know, but, um, so his art was definitely his escape and it has served him well. Yes, really cool. Yeah, he's really talented. We should let people know that he has an Instagram uh, page. So it's DaveWoodman.com mm-hmm. is his website. And then I'm pretty sure we can find it. You found him on Instagram. I,
2: I mean, I just, I literally just Googled his name and then I yeah. searched him on Facebook and yep. he came up with the first thing that popped up on everything. Yeah,
3: so. he's so talented. And one of the things that I, we didn't get to, is and uh, our younger audience won't know this, but there was a movie called "It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World," where the car goes off the cliff, mm-hmm. right? So he used to hike down there, where the car crashed, and he'd pick up pieces of glass and pieces of the car, and he makes jewelry out of it, and uh-huh. he sells it on his Instagram and his Etsy. Um, he's really very talented. That's very cool. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: This podcast was created to promote Look Both Ways and the textbook written by Dr. Cairo. Look Both Ways is a nonprofit organization based in Loveland, Colorado, with a mission to educate our youth about their reproductive health to make informed decisions about their future. We do this by educating the educators through professional development, and we also put on free conferences for both teens and parents of teens. Textbooks used in schools are donated by Look Both Ways to eliminate the money obstacle for schools interested in piloting or adopting our curriculum and textbook. As a nonprofit, we are always fundraising and accepting donations. For more information about Look Both Ways, our fundraising efforts, getting a textbook donated to you, or to make a donation, visit us at lookbothways.us. This podcast was produced by Peach Islander Productions in Fort Collins, Colorado. This is Dr. B. and Mandy Johnson wishing you well. Be sure and catch all of our episodes of It's Not Human Sexuality on Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts.